I heard it once said that the key to being a good leader is keeping the people who hate me away from those who are still undecided. Today on the Champion Forum podcast, we discuss common blunders leaders make when they're starting a new job, and we're going to talk about how to avoid them. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the show, everyone. As always, I want to thank each of you for making our show a part of your leadership journey. I especially want to give a shout out like I often do on the show. Today, I want to give a shout out to the leaders in Switzerland. Yes, Switzerland, home of the most amazing chocolate. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been in the top 25 in the management podcast sector in the country of Switzerland. And this is something that I absolutely cherish, and I do not take this lightly. I am blown away to think that here I am in a, in a studio uh, over the airwaves. I don't even know anybody in Switzerland. I hope that I do soon. Um, I've never been to Switzerland, but to just think that we could make some level of impact to the country of Switzerland absolutely amazes me, and I absolutely cherish it. So if you're listening from Switzerland, I would like to show my appreciation by sending you a gift. You can come uh, receive your gift by emailing me at jeff at jeffhancher.com with the subject line Switzerland, and we will be sure to contact you and get that gift out to you. I love hearing from you all and listening to your stories of growth and the challenges that you're, you've encountered and helping you overcome some of those hurdles. I also love to hear how you found the show, and I love getting your feedback on future content that you want to hear. If you have yet to greet me and our team, I want to welcome you on this show right now. I want to welcome you to do that. I want you to send me an email. Let me know how you found the show. Where are you listening from? Tell us a little bit about your leadership journey. Tell us about a topic that you'd like to have discussed on the show. We're going to begin doing a monthly drawing from these emails and celebrate you all that are engaging with us by sending you merchandise from the website, discounts on training, as well as I'm going to be doing a monthly drawing for a free 30-minute Zoom discussion with myself. We can talk all things business, leadership, personal development, you name it. I am all in. So we're going to start doing that at the end of July. So make sure that you don't miss out on that. This is really all in an effort to say thank you for being a part of our community. We obviously could not do it without you. So hear my heart in a very heartfelt thank you. So let's jump into today's show. The last 18 months, as we all know, has been filled with nothing but change. And one of the major changes that we have seen is folks transitioning companies and taking new jobs. This is kind of the, uh, the, the story of the day almost every day. Somebody's leaving, somebody's coming, somebody's going. I mean, this is just rapid fire at this point. And this has happened for a host of reasons of which I'm not going to get into why all the turnovers happening and why are people leaving and all of this. But for many leaders, what we do know is changing companies for a lot of them it's new to them. 
or, or at least they haven't done it in a very long time. And what I've come to find is that the majority of folks, they're not transitioning well. And it has caused major transitional challenges, not only for them, but for their teams. It's not what they thought. The interview was great. They went for more money, uh, they career mobility, upward mobility, all of this stuff. And they, they took the big leap. And that's when I usually get the email or the call that, oh, my gosh, I hit a brick wall. It's not like it used to be back over at Acme where I worked for 15 years, whatever it might be. And what I can tell you is, is that the root of this is that the transitioning leader never created a transition strategy, as well as the fact that they don't go in with the proper mindset. So this strategy and this mindset one two punch is very, very important. It's also important to realize that going to a new company that uh, here's some things you don't have, you don't have credibility, none, hard to hear, right? Here's another thing you don't have, you don't have any brand, there's no brand awareness of you as the leader. You haven't earned the trust of the people at the new company. The, the, the people at the new company have no clue about all the amazing things that you've done uh, to your career at this point. And, and as a great leader at the old company, you probably walked through the, the hallways and the offices and you, you talked with a level of confidence and swagger. You probably had some level of amazing emotional connection with your people and they just kind of got you. The people just kind of got you. They understand your body language. They understood your quirks and all the things that come from the investment of time and deposits that you made on that journey. Well, here's some sobering news. That has now all disappeared. It's gone. You're back down to what John Maxwell says, the level one leader title, right? That's all you got. But hey, congratulations on the new job. But before the, the ink on the paper is dry on your offer, you're already being scrutinized. You're already being assessed. They're trying to find out, are, they gonna, are the people going to be uh, have raving approval ratings for you? Or are you going to be rejected by a much larger group that are, are more than just the, the people that interviewed you? Because you were probably interviewed by three to maybe five people at most, and they might be somewhat of fans with you, but they're still kind of watching out that did they get painted rust? Did they not? Are you really who you say you were? But then there's this whole other bigger group of people that haven't even met you at all. Wow. Far too many high achieving leaders, they arrive at the job, this this top job, they're excited about it, but they're unprepared for the unknown. How you start your leadership journey is one of the biggest factors that determine your future with this organization. And there have been several books written on this subject of how to transition well. And I will tell you the best book ever written, hands down, not up for debate on this subject is The First 90 Days by Michael Watkins. Get that book and also go back and listen to the episode when I interviewed Michael, uh, which to me is a leadership legend you will be glad that you did. And maybe you're listening today and you're like, Jeff, this show's not for me at all. Well, keep listening because you might be the one in two weeks that's like, you're never going to believe it. I quit my job and took another job. Be ready for this. Uh, forward this episode to somebody that you know is embarking on this. Uh, but I'm not here to talk about uh, the Michael Watkins book or the interview that I did with him. Today, I want to highlight two of the most common blunders that leaders are making when transitioning, because I'm having these conversations with people a lot. As a matter of fact, there are two organizations right now, as we speak, 
that hired me for one thing and one thing only, and it's the only thing I do for the company, is I help onboard new leaders, and I take them through a 90-day plan to make sure they don't do anything crazy and to make sure that they're getting love and support and encouragement and they're planning and they're thinking about the right things. That's all that I do for them because we want to try to avoid these blunders. So what are the top two? In my opinion, the first one is that you're making too many changes too early. And we see this. This happens a lot. Every new leader going into something new, they want to make this big glamorous change. They want to change something. Maybe it's a process that you find that's inefficient. It could even be the office furnish furnishings or the artwork that's in the hallways. And you're like, oh, we're going to move that. We're going to change that. We're going to get rid of uh, you know, the kitchen table that looks like it came from the 1980s. And then we realize that it's the uh, founder of the company. Uh, it was his great-great-grandmother's. And the next thing you know, it's not good. Nothing says I have arrived better than a quick and significant change of things or people. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to clean house. I'm going to get rid of the C players. I'm going to change the artwork on the wall. And we have this mindset that this is going to show people that I have arrived, that there's a new sheriff in town. I mean, after all, isn't it, isn't this why they brought me in? I mean, I'm a powerhouse. Change is my middle name. You want to come in with a bang. You want folks to know that there is a new sheriff in town, and I want results, and I want results fast. It's in this moment, however, to realize that this is the time to set up the stage for success under you, the new leader. You don't have to build the entire building and leave the foundation weak. That would be silly. What you should be looking to do is to find small but very meaningful wins. And a great way to take action is to grow new ideas very organically. And this is going to require a great deal of discovery on your part as the leader. And what I recommend that you do is that you establish teams to help create this inclusive environment that you need to build. Invite input from people that are involved in these teams to help guide the best ideas into action. We call this getting people to buy in by involving them at the point of creation, at the point of origin. This is a great way not only to get the discovery process underway, but it's a great way to create a very early uh, environment of inclusive inclusiveness. Yes, this is going to require you to have a great filter and weed out the bad. You're going to create this committee, if you will, and uh, people are going to start saying dumb things. And you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, have I just made the biggest mistake of my life? Uh, you know, do I want to hear all of this nonsense? And I'm here to tell you, yes. You do. You want to hear all of the nonsense because out of the nonsense, you're going to sift out some gold nuggets. However, the last thing that you want to do is create change that nobody supports and is not needed. That is fruitless. Remember, how you did it back at the old job, it may not be how it needs to be done at the new job. Just because it worked there doesn't mean it's going to work here. Don't carry that in. Now, look. Uh, learn from what you did, build from what you did back at the old company, but you have not yet earned the right just to start throwing things out there. This is the discovery time, and this is the time to build relationships. Support your team and credit them when the initiative that you launch yields a good result. Give them credit. Resist the temptation early to let arrogance creep in in an effort to prove your worth. Confidence is great. Arrogance is bad. 
When something great happens, shoot the credit out. As in, as a, a, a low-tenured leader in a new company, you are going to have to resist the temptation to puff your chest out and make sure your executive team and everybody around knows you're amazing. Resist that temptation. Always remember, we're here to win the war, not to win the battle. The essence of this point is to be the leader that attempts to provide your team with the changes that they want. The second thing that I see as a mistake often is that new leaders spend too much time in the corner office. I think it's very important to realize that relationships always come before results. So many times when we come in as a new leader, we're getting a level of pressure from the executive team. They're telling you how broken this is and that is and customer service is bad and lost business is bad and we haven't hit our revenue numbers in two years and profit is hemorrhaging and you feel all this pressure to just start dissecting an income statement and finding efficiencies and doing a SWOT analysis on your whiteboard in the office and uh, all of these things that seem to make sense to you. But it's critical to know, especially early in this tenure, that relationships always come before results. Results will come, but you have to earn the right to get there. Resist this temptation to want to look so uh, leaderly, I guess. Is leaderly a word? I don't even know if that's a word, but resist the temptation. You're in your office. You're making these uh, very important calls. You're having power discussions with the senior executive team in the boardroom. The door to your office is closed more than it's open kind of feel. You've been there. Have you felt that? Maybe you're doing that now and you don't even have the awareness that it's being done. Because by the way, what you're doing isn't bad. It's not bad. It's not like I'm, I'm killing people out here, Jeff. Come on. These are good things. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're the right things. You know, doing what's good and doing what's right often can be miles apart. I didn't say you're a bad leader. I didn't even say you were a bad person. What I am saying is your priorities might need to shift based off of your tenure. While you're you're so busy doing your leaderly things, your team is out there disconnected from you, disengaged with you. It's hard to lead anyone who doesn't know who you are. They don't know your leadership style or even if you take interest in them at all. Now is the time to get into the trenches and walk the grounds. Grab a cup of coffee with somebody, which, by the way, never in your office. Never in your office. Why would I not have people into my office? Wouldn't they feel important and cool? No, that's a power move. That's a power move. Nobody that is just meeting you that is your boss or their boss's boss is going to go into the corner office feeling not intimidated. Go meet them. Go meet them where they are. Meet them in the conference room. Grab them a coffee. Take a walk outside. Get on some neutral ground. This says I don't need to be the big deal. I I want to be with you. I want to learn about you. The goal is to get to know them as people first. What are their interests? What are their motivations? What skills do they have that nobody ever uncovered? What are their ambitions in life? What are their ambitions for their career? They will open up if you make them feel comfortable about you as a person, not your big title, not your, your, your nice office, not the ivory tower. This is a season that you want to be talking to your team about processes, communication channels, and expectations. Again, listen more than you talk and make notes to address their questions or concerns. I assure you, they're going to be curious about who you are and how you're going to lead, 
and they're probably going to be a little bit on edge. Your first few months as a manager will say a lot about you. Whether they see your arrival as a rock star leader or they're at the water cooler whispering warnings that they don't even think you're going to survive. The chasm between those two things may very well depend on how you manage these notorious blunders that I've stated today. On a side note, if you're a senior leader, you're a leader that hires leaders. You're a leader that's hiring somebody from the outside that is onboarding this new leader. Here's some things that you need to consider. You have to ensure world-class onboarding. This is not the time to make assumptions that they're just going to figure it out. Look at, look at their resume. Look at all that they've done. Surely they're going to figure this out. No, lead them to success by ensuring that they're set up to win. This is a classic inspect what you expect moment. Don't let them bamboozle you saying everything's fine. And meanwhile, they're under their desk with their thumb in their mouth asking themselves, what have they signed up for? You have to own that. Make it a safe place for them to communicate what their challenges are. Find them a mentor that, by the way, is not you, executive leader. You're not there to be their buddy. You're not there to be their mentor. They need a mentor that they can vent to, that they can ask the real hard questions to. They're not going to do that with you most likely. Ideally, it's someone in your organization that you can trust that's going to help them win and help them navigate the established culture that is already at your company and the nuances that are unique to every company, the things that you can't read in a book that are hard to to coach or build a strategy around. Nuances change and they vary, but there are people in your organization that know that. And consider giving them an executive coach as a welcome gift. Our team would love to and be delighted to help out in any way that we can. So in closing, it's important to know that transitioning, it's always going to be a challenge even when you do it perfectly. But it's going to come with challenges. But you can surely improve your odds of success by following these principles. Our team wants to see you win. If we can support you in any way, don't hesitate to to reach out to us. You can email us at jeff at jeffhancher.com. And as you navigate this transition, be sure to always remember, you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.